This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Communication can be a key factor in our personal and professional successes. A new book titled Magic Words, What to Say to Get Your Way, highlights six types of magic words that can be used to your advantage. Jonah Berger, author of that book and professor at the Wharton School, joins us to talk about his research. Jonah, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for having me back. Okay, great to talk to you again. Hey, this is obviously an interesting topic. What was it that had you thinking about this as uh, for a book? You know, we use language in, in almost everything we do. We use language to convince uh, clients. We use language to make presentations. We use language to talk to bosses and peers. Uh, we use language to talk to our family. We even use our private thoughts rely on language. But while we spend a lot of time thinking about what we want to say, the, the ideas we want to get across, we spend a lot less time thinking about the specific words that we use. And it turns out that's actually a a big mistake. Subtle shifts in our language can have a huge effect on our impact. Adding just one word to a request can make people 50% more more likely to say yes. When we talk about something, rather than saying we like it, saying we recommend it makes people about a third more likely to take a recommendation. And in everything from the language you use in email to the the language you might use on an application for a loan provide deep insight into who we are and what we're likely to do in the future. And so the book is all about the, the power of these magic words and how by understanding what these words are, how we can increase our impact both at home and, and at work. And, and it's not only words, but it's phrases as well and kind of also how they're delivered, correct? It, it, it's all about language. Everything is simple from uh, you know adding an ER to the end of certain words, turning actions yeah. into identities, uh, switching one word for another, or talking about different types of language. Um, I'm, I'm not a linguist, um, uh, and so uh, I start with really simple, actionable techniques and build up throughout the book to more complicated ways we can use language, both to increase our impact and to better understand the people around us. All right, let's dig into some of these. One being identity and agency, meaning exactly what? Yeah, so often we're trying to get people to, to do something. We may want them to help us out with something, or we, uh, if we're a nonprofit, we might want people to, to get out and, and vote. And so often we ask them to take an action. But some research shows that, that turning these actions into identities can, can really help increase how persuasive we are. Uh, we ask some students, for example, to, to help clean up a classroom. Some of them they ask the students to help, and other students they ask to be a helper. And asking people to be a helper, helper is just adding two letters, E-R, at the end of help, increased the percentage of people who helped by about 30%. Similarly, in in a voting context, rather than asking people to vote, Ask them to be a voter led people about 15% more likely to turn out. And the reason why is, is interesting when, when you think about it. We're all busy. We all know that we should do certain things, but we don't have the time. At the same time, we want to see ourselves in desired ways. Right? We want to see ourselves as smart and efficacious and, and good people. And so mm-hmm. if an action is not just an action but becomes an opportunity to claim a desired identity, we're much more likely to take that action. Helping, yeah, it's fine, but if, if helping is an opportunity to see myself as a helper, well, now I'm more likely to do it. Similarly, voting is yeah, something I know I should do, but if voting is an opportunity to see myself as a voter, this desirable characteristic, I'm more likely to do it. The same even holds true on the negative side. Losing is bad, but being a loser, well, that's even yeah. even worse, right? Cheating on a test, nobody nobody wants to cheat on a test, but being a cheater uh, is much is much worse. And so by telling people rather than saying don't cheat, telling them don't be a cheater, 
makes them less likely to cheat. There's that old campaign, don't be a, a litter bug, right? Makes people less likely to litter because they don't want to see themselves a, as that way. And so language not only suggests information, it suggests what it means to engage in a particular action and can yeah. change other people's actions as, as a result. You also talk about asking the right questions and, and to a degree even follow-up questions as well. Questions are, are really powerful. We often think about questions as a, as a device to gain information, and, and they do that, but, but they also change how we're perceived. They also change what aspects uh, other people focus on and, and the course of a, a of conversation. There's some, some nice research, for example, that looks at asking for advice. We're often stuck in, in tough situations. We'd like to ask somebody for advice, for, for help with our situation, but we think they'll think less of us, right? Maybe they're busy. Maybe they won't know the answer. And, and even worse, right, we ask for advice. They'll think we don't know what we're doing, and so we don't do it. But it turns out that that intuition, that asking for advice makes us look negatively, is actually quite mis misguided. Some, some research looking at a variety of different types of interactions finds that when we ask for advice, we're not perceived more negatively. We're actually perceived more positively. And the reason why is that everybody is egocentric. Everybody loves yeah. to think that they give great advice. And so when we come along and we ask them for their advice, they go, wow, you're smart enough to ask me for my advice. You yeah. must be a pretty sharp person. And so not only does asking for advice allow us to get that valuable, useful information, but it also makes us be perceived more positively as a result. Lots of different components in here. Let me jump ahead to emotion because that's another area that you talk about. How does emotion play a significant role? Emotional language is, is a really powerful way to, to captivate audiences. I think all of us um, uh, have friends or colleagues that just when they tell a story, everybody listens. And, and you might wonder, well, what makes certain stories so captivating, so, so engaging? And so we did a big analysis of tens of thousands of movies. We analyzed the scripts of those movies, the language they used, and, and looked at, well, what made certain movies liked more than others? What made them more engaging? And, and we found something quite interesting. I think as presenters, as communicators, we often want to highlight good things. So if you post on social media, social media is a, a veritable you know, highlight reel of people's lives, only talks about the, the really good stuff that happens. But here's the challenge. If someone always talks about the good stuff, one, it's not that interesting because we know it's going to be good, and so it's not that engaging to pay attention to. But second, it's really hard for us to connect. Their life is so perfect. Our life isn't that perfect, and so it's hard for us to connect with them. And so if you look at good storytellers, whether those good storytellers are in movies or good storytellers are people in our own lives, they often do something really interesting. They intersperse the highs with lows. There's a great podcast that I love called How I Built This that talks to, to startup founders, and, and he does a great job of not just talking about the highlights of what they did really well, but talking about the low points. You raised money, but then you lost all that money, or you tried this strategy, and you got a bunch of clients, but then your top people left for a different company. What would you do next? The lows make the highs much more impactful. Not only is it more interesting, more engaging because you don't know what's going to happen next, but it's a lot easier to connect with the person telling that story because their life is more like your own, right? We all have highlights, but we also have low points. Yeah. And so yeah. by seeing stories as more of a mix of highs and lows, more like a roller coaster rather than a highlight reel, it has a bunch of, of beneficial impacts. There's lots of great stuff in this book. Jonah, uh, I'm sorry we only had you for a few moments. Uh, lots to uh, really delve into, but thanks for coming on. And all the best with the book, which we mentioned uh, came out yesterday. So all the best with it. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Jonah Berger, the book is titled Magic Words, What to Say to Get Your Way. 
It is available in bookstores and online now. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.